The Super Speedway Podcast is a Dream Bigger Media production. For news, photos, show notes, and information about advertising on the podcast, visit www.thesuperspeedway.com. Welcome to the Super Speedway. I don't know how to be excited, I guess. This Woo. is him and I excited. Yeah. Yeah. This is like, so this is like role reversal. When we won the poll for the Daytona 500 in 2018, came across the start finish line, and Greg said whatever the lap time was. And he was all bummed out because he wanted to run faster than that because his goal was like a 90, and we ran like an O. And I was like, well, dang, where, where does that put us? OP1. Well, for the Daytona 500. That's, that's kind of probably just how we are a little bit. We're yeah. weirdos. Welcome to episode 113 of the Super Speedway Podcast, recorded Tuesday, July 2nd, 2019. I'm your host, Eric Young, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, James Cush. 114. Thanks, James. Thanks for fixing that. See, I read off the prompter every time. <laughs> that's you got totally me. my bad. You got me. <laughs> A uh, little Alex Bowman and Greg Ives in the post-race press conference at Chicago Land Speedway. They were pretty entertaining, despite the fact that the excitement level probably was a little lower than you'd expect for somebody with their first Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series win. But uh, but they were still pretty entertaining, joking around quite a bit. It was a nice long press conference and a nice late press conference after the late race. It's a good time at Chicago Land. You so. survived, man. I was worried about you. I was worried about me, too, when the tower was shaking because of the wind. I'm yeah, telling it, you, it looked pretty wicked yeah. on TV. And I'm like, man, Eric's in that somewhere. It, it was it was I was glad I was in the tower, I think. But when it started shaking, it kind of felt like if you've ever been on a, on a boat and the boat's just lightly rocking. That's what it was like. <laughs> that's crazy. That, yeah. See, I wouldn't do good there because I am a baby when it comes to height. So that's so, great. You've been up in the, I'm already going off on tangent. You've been up in the tall grandstands at MIS, right? The new ones they built. Uh, yep. I've been in the, yep. Been in the, in the press box there a couple of times. No, and, I'm uh, talking the, the, the stands three, that they have top. over in turn four. Oh yeah. It's super yeah, tall. Yeah. Okay. So that is the, the, the aluminum grandstands like that. See Michigan's main grandstand is concrete. And to me, yeah. every NASCAR grandstand was concrete. Cause that's all I knew was Michigan. Well, Chicagoland's grandstands, the entire grandstand is like that turn four grandstand at Michigan. It's all the aluminum. And so it doesn't feel as sturdy as Michigan's grandstands, which feel like you're on concrete because you are. And so the stand, the grandstands are already, I mean, they're safe. They're perfectly, they've put a ton of people in them. And, but the, the floor panels move a little bit when you walk and it's a little, little unsettling. And then when the wind's blowing it. They some people claim 30 miles an hour. Some people claim 60 miles an hour. The the severe weather warning was for 80 miles an hour. However much it was blowing, it was blowing enough to destroy the NBC Peacock pit box. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and a couple other pit boxes on pit road, remove the car cover from Bubba Wallace's car, which fortunately they'd wrapped all the openings anyway. So he, his car was still good, but um, it was windy enough and it was moving the grandstand. So it was it was crazy. Well, I'm glad you survived and made it back. I'm glad I survived and made it back as well, James. I couldn't do this on my own, so. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. So we'll get back to the storm, I think. Um, we'll get back to Chicagoland. Obviously, Alex Bowman gets his first Monster Energy Cup Series win. Another great race at Chicagoland. But before we get to that, I wanted to take the topic that I spent a good chunk of the day Saturday arguing with people on Twitter about. Um, because... 
I think it's a, I think it's the absolute perfect do we care topic. So we're going to start with do we care tonight for the first time in history, as far as we can tell, and that, that is by we, I say Nick Bromberg because he's the one who posted this on Twitter. Um, I, I trust Nick. I trust Nick as well. I did not do the research, but if Nick is going to have something negative to say, he is going to have the facts to back it up. So, <laughs> All um, right. so uh, according to Nick, for the first time in history, the pole speed for the Premier Cup Series was lower than the pole speed for both the Xfinity and Truck Series at the same track. So all three series were at, at uh, Chicagoland this weekend. All three series qualified there. Uh, the Truck Series, well, the Xfinity Series was the fastest at 177.256 miles an hour. Truck Series, second fastest, 176.632 miles an hour. And the Cup Series, 176.263 miles an hour. Not a big difference. But yes, the Premier Series was the slowest. So, I already know the answer from a lot of the people on my Twitter feed that this they do care, and this really bothers them. James, my question for you. Do you care? I do not care. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, man. No, I, like you said, it's a very minuscule difference. Uh, I'm however, sorry. These people do not if, see 0.4 miles per hour no. difference. No, it it looks weird on the on the stat sheet, but if this is the package that we're going to be running this season, this is what you got to expect. Right. I think the the bigger thing that it tells that it tells you is that the cup cars very well might be easier to drive. Maybe. I mean, that's something that we've been arguing all season about. Maybe, that, but that there, it's also it's also about momentum, and it, you have yeah. to be better at maintaining the momentum. So that might be tougher to do than correct. Yep, it's it's a different it's a different racing series. Yeah, it's like comparing IRL and NASCAR Cup Series. It's the same type of thing. It's not know? like that though, James. It's not at all like that. That is a ridiculous <laughs> comparison. I was specifically told <laughs> by somebody on Twitter before I blocked them that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you hammered them with the block. I, I no, actually, I did not block them. I was I was happy to have. I did get blocked from somebody else for disagreeing with them. Um, I can't Tom got that angry with you that he did that. What's that? I can't believe Todd was the one who finally ticked you off enough that you blocked. Yeah, him. exactly. I blocked Todd. Um, I did block one person, but they were just trolling. It was a, I posted a picture of the sun arriving on Sunday and posted, this is a great sight to see. And the person posts empty grandstands for a NASCAR race. NASCAR oh, is there dead. It is. Wow. So, yeah. You got, man, so, you were, you were literally Bob Pockers for the day. Yeah. So I blocked them. Um, I'm not going to, I don't even want to deal with that crap. He wasn't a NASCAR fan, obviously. So screw him. I don't need to have him on my account, but anyway, <laughs> so my, I agree with you, James. Um, we're not going to argue over this because I don't care either. And that was my point I was making on Twitter. And first of all, so many people are saying they went to Michigan. First of all, okay, listen, I last year at Michigan stood literally on the top of the wall in turn four, leaning through a hole in the fence to take pictures of the cars going by. At that time, they were doing 218 miles an hour or whatever into the turn. This year, I leaned on that same fence, armed through the fence, shooting photos of the cars going through the turn, what, 10, 15 miles an hour slower? Mm-hmm. I couldn't tell the difference. My <laughs> right. camera couldn't tell the difference. It's just as damn hard to, to focus on them as it is otherwise. Couldn't tell the difference. And so here's my argument to the people that says, that say they look so much slower. I just can't handle it. They're so slow. Do you notice that they're faster in the turns? Cause they are. 
They are faster in the turn. <laughs> you look at those cars in the center of the turn, they're going faster. These people, yeah. the only reason that these people notice this five to 10 miles an hour difference, the only reason they notice is because somebody told them it's there. Yep. It's because the number says so. Yep. That's it. I, I will. I will um, just say, though, the optics of it, as far as seeing those numbers, that that is kind of weird. It's yeah, weird. It's weird. And I, you know, it's honestly, weird. I think this is a transition. This is a new package for the Cup Series. I have a feeling, first of all, they're going to make adjustments to this package for the Gen 7 car. It will change some of this. And I'm telling you, if they're running a 550 horsepower motor in the Cup Series and they're doing that to bring manufacturers in, they're not going to continue to run a higher horsepower motor in the Xfinity yeah. Series. Yeah. That will change too, guys. It's all changing. The yeah. difference is, is that the Cup Series has more money to change it now. Notice that we have not, other than the Aeroducts Aero that they tried in the Xfinity Series, we still haven't changed the package on the restrictor plates where they can't push. We still have a stupid rule that they're not allowed to push because they don't want to make the Xfinity Series spend the money. The only time the right. Xfinity Series is going to get changed is when they go to the next generation car. That's it. Yep. And so. it's, yep, it's a, it's a money, it's a money saving thing. Yep. Just like you said, it's. I, you know, it, w it wouldn't be hard for JR Motorsports to make the switch, but for all those other Xfinity teams, you know, that are out there that aren't affiliated with the cup teams, it's, it's, it's tough. It's really hard. And the last thing I'll say on this is for all of those people that are like, these cars are going too slow. I can't watch this sport anymore because these cars are too slow. Did you watch the freaking race on Sunday? My God, that was a great race all the way through again. It was this race was this track that we were concerned might be ruined because it's an old track, worn out track and a hot track that this aero package wasn't going to work. It worked, guys. Get over it. The racing is good. I'm sorry. It's not what you like. You could have. I mean, we ran the Arca cars at Michigan two weeks ago, three weeks ago, and we had two cars on the lead lap. Is that what you guys want back? Because we can do that. <laughs> there, I don't I don't want that. I want. I want racing, and we had a race on Sunday where everybody's been bitching all season that you can't pass the leader. Well, we had a race where somebody passed the leader, and that guy got back by in the closing laps to win that race. Yeah. That, this, again, it hasn't happened every week. Yes, we've had boring races, but I don't care if you make these things slot cars and make them race seven wide all the way around the track every lap. You're going to have boring races. We had this, this package proved itself this weekend. I am done evaluating the package, period. This is what we got. I think it's it's proven that in most instances, it's been at least equal, if not better than what we've seen before. Yes, there's fewer crashes. I don't know. We kind of started to solve that a little bit this weekend by having tires that would fail. Yeah, um, the which, track surface really helps, I think, too, yeah, when I mean, you have a abrasive surface like Chicago has. And maybe we hose down the, uh, hose down the track or drop, you know, six inches of water in it hour uh, time span yeah. to, you know, wash the rubber off for the race. And maybe we don't have a competition caution that we don't really need, you know? Yeah. So anyway, I'm done ranting on that, James. Are we, are we done using the P word on the podcast for a while? I, you know, we're going to, we, I mean, we're going to have to bring it up because everybody's talking about it still and everybody's going to continue know. to ask the question, you know, it's, but you know, it's I, I think, I think this weekend proved that it, it works. You know what's funny is this was a great race and probably one of the better races with the new rules package. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't as good as last year, but that's just because last year was oh, just like yeah. this crazy outlier. You know, but it was still a great race. I think it was 89% on Jeff Gluck's poll. So that, I mean, nice. that's very good. When yep. uh, I know there was there were conspiracy theorists on Reddit that 
it was hanging 88 percent on on there for a while Ah, uh, nice <laughs> so that would have been good um but uh i swear somebody's knocking at my door i might have to i might have to pause the podcast but i'm not doing it yet um anyway um what was i gonna say uh, yeah, I mean, they during the during the rain delay, um, they have NBC on in the media center or in the press box, and they showed the what last twenty laps or whatever of last year's race. And you know how many times I've seen the ending of that race, and I still love it. Yeah, it's, it's out of so control. good. And I mean, this was a really good race this weekend, and yeah. likely would be the best race ever at Chicagoland if there just wasn't such a spectacular pretty, race last year. Pretty sure it was our race of the year and our end of the end of the year podcast. Yeah, we, I think we, we did both our, agreed on it. Yeah, I think we both agreed. We, we picked our five favorite races of the year, and that one was both of ours. Yeah, so it was, it was and great. this one, you know, this one's going to be up there. I think at the end of the year too. That was a that was a good show. That Larson battle. Um, and we're going to probably talk about it here in a minute, but, yeah, but we'll talk about it right now. that was fantastic. I really enjoyed that. That was good to see those guys going at two young guys. Mm-hmm. We didn't have, didn't have Kyle Bush and Martin Truex up there. Like we have every single week. It was two guys who, uh, you know, both needed that first one of the season. It was awesome. Yep. Yeah, it was great. And then, yeah, I mean, just overall, I think at this point, this is the best race we've had so far this season. Um, we've had some snoozers, we've had some good ones, but I think this one ranks the highest and I'm a little partial. I was there. So that helps, but uh, but I think it was a really good one. Um, so, as we said, Alex Bowman gets his first win. I outduels Kyle Larson for for his first career win. Uh, what was it? Nine to go or something? Yeah, they were dicing back and forth. Yep. Yeah, two sixty. Yeah, Kyle Larson there. took the lead at lap two sixty. Led two sixty, two sixty one. Alex Bowman was able to pass him back. Um, Larson said he was surprised that he was able to get back by him, but not entirely. Um, and, you know, Larson was pretty grateful after the race that he had, you know, got a second place finish and had a good run, but obviously a little bummed to be on the, the losing end of the excitement at Chicagoland for the second year in a row. Yeah, no kidding. Well, he got a better finish this year. He didn't spin the thing out. So right. That's, uh, I, I wondered as it was happening, as Bowman came battling back, um, how much of it was uh, Hendrick Motorsports versus what chip canassi can give kyle larson yeah. you know it's the, that that always creeps into my head with a larson finish some somehow some way <laughs> right like i always feel like he's outperforming what he's driving and then you've got alex bowman and hendrick seems to have figured some stuff out because the whole team was was on it uh this weekend so um i, I this is something i always think about but in either way mano mano alex bowman got it got one fantastic yeah and i you know um, I lost my train of thought again. I'm distracted. <laughs> we have so much. The, we have so much to talk about on this podcast, because especially because you were down there and have so much good stuff. It's so it's it's okay. We're bursting at the seams. This yeah, week. this this could be a long podcast. I got distracted because I have Twitter up here and Orange, Orange Cone just posted storm clouds, which I saw a lot of this weekend. So <laughs> it's a slight yeah. slight distraction. Um, yeah, I mean it, it just it it was it was good. So while I try to think of what I was going to say, I'm going to throw to the press conference after the race. Um, Alex Bowman gets himself locked in the playoffs. I got to ask him and crew chief Greg, Greg Ives about that in the post race. Here you go. Eric with the superspeedway.com again, actually to build off that for both of you guys, you're now in the playoffs. How does this change your strategy going forward? Well, I think for me, um, I can stop watching the points race every week and, and worrying about, um, trying to be, be in, obviously we're, we're pretty strong in points, but we, um, we weren't locked in by any means. So. Um, doing that, I feel like we can just be more aggressive, take more chances, um, 
you know, I, I feel like I can be more aggressive on green flag pit stops and just little things like that, that sometimes if you overstep, it completely ruins your day and, and costs you a ton of points. Uh, we don't have to worry as much about, and I can just work on getting 10 tenths out of it. So when the playoffs come, I know how hard I can push or can't push. Yeah, for me, uh, it's just continuing on doing what we've been doing, um, putting our, you know, our best car on the racetrack, uh, run one, and, uh, you know, that's usually when what you put your most time into. So, you know, keep on doing that and, and uh, executing the races the best possible way and uh, allowing these guys to be under the pressure that uh, the playoffs give you. Um, you know, we have a lot of uh, playoff points that we need to catch up on. Uh, this definitely helps, but um, going into a playoff without not a lot of playoff points uh, is, is not the best place to be. So focused on uh, trying to do that and uh, um, obviously just con being consistent, executing, and uh, growing as a team. So I remember what I was going to say. Um, <laughs> I just forgot it again. Oh, my God, this is awful. Oh, <laughs> so the only thing I was thinking when, when Larson, first of all, when Larson caught Bowman, I'm like, as soon as he passes him, it's like, this thing's over. This is, this is Kansas all over again. Bowman gets passed in the late stages. The guy is going to finish second again and able to squeak it out. And I mean, he battled back hard. It was, uh, it was a good, good battle. Good finish for him. So he said after yeah. the race, he just, he's tired of finish second, finishing second. So yeah, good on uh, him. I've, the, the overworked uh, Twitter thing that I saw over the, or I guess on Monday really was, uh, now he's finished in every position on the track. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think, he, is he the only driver who's done that? I don't, I don't well, we, know. We talked really about that it. That first of all, you can't do 42nd, 43rd or 41st, 42nd, 43rd anymore because we don't have 40 or 43 cars. Um, yeah. but also most guys either run up front or run in the back. You don't have this. I mean, Alex has had a career where he's been a field filler and now he's a, he's a front runner. So, it's, I don't think many people have the opportunity to, to, to do what he's done and be able to run where he's running. And, you know, that was a question that I had, James, is it's, it's interesting to look at Bowman's path. And he talked about it in the press conference, and I, don't, I didn't pull that audio, but that, you know, he was basically a field filler. He went from racing sprint cars to, you know, filling the field in the Cup Series to filling in for Dale Earnhardt Jr. and then having one of the most iconic rides in NASCAR and then getting this win this weekend, which he says was that's all he's ever wanted his entire life is to win in the cup series. So my question is how many Alex Bowman's are out there? I, mean, I think this is the, this is the new way of climbing the ladder for the cup series. Yeah. I mean, this you, is what Ross Chastain's doing. Ross Chastain, you know, another good example is Matt Benedetto. Yeah. He's slowly been climbing the ladder. And mm -hmm. some guys, you know, Matt Benedetto may, this may be the last step for him. He may not get another, another step. But somebody like Alex Bowman gets, you know, gets in the right situation, gets uh, a Hendrick ride that is, you know, there's only four of them. So yeah. uh, he's, he's definitely climbing the ladder all the way to the top now. He's there. He's, he's an established cup guy. Yeah. I, I don't know if there are many. I don't know if there are many guys out there. This might just be the new way of doing things. Yeah. Yeah, it could be. But I mean, you've got guys in this, in the field right now that could very well be in this category. You've got the, you know, the Corey LaJoy's, the Jeffrey Earnhardt. Mm -hmm. I mean, Earnhardt has proven when he's gotten in one of the KBM car or the, the Joe Gibbs cars in the Xfinity series, like he, he can yeah. run up front. Yep. Um, you know, Ross Chastain's a great example. He, he's, I mean, he's doing it in a still semi underfunded team in the truck series and, I mean, he didn't, he didn't run well at Chicago, but you know, he's got three wins on the season, depending on how you look at it. 
And I mean, so there's there's potential that there's guys like this that if you were to take one of these back markers and stick them in a top ride, that maybe they could do it. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, we know, you know that all these guys are talented. We like to make comments about you know some of the back drivers and stuff, but I mean, even 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 Danica Patrick had some talent. Yeah, and Alex Bowman. This isn't you. A, let me go through a... without even a. a, a a, a jab? I'm disappointed <laughs> I'm to, in you. I'm trying to ignore that comment. <laughs> I, I, from Alex Bowman, though, this isn't an underdog winning a race story anymore. He's he's a stamp like he, this has been coming for this dude. Um, you know, he could have won back in 2016 easily at at Phoenix. But yeah. you know, back when uh, when he was subbing for Dale Jr. and Dale Dale was coming back from his uh, from his injuries and and it's just. Alex has you we've seen it we talked about it on the podcast he's building momentum those four straight second place finishes um right. just sealed the deal and you know his, his you know there's another teammate of his that I think is you know a few steps behind in the process but we're starting to see it from him too when William Byron eventually wins a race we're not going to be surprised and it's not no. going to be under, he's not an underdog these guys are good they're, that's the thing I mean they're, they're top level there was was anybody surprised this weekend that Alex Bowman won a race I don't I don't not think so no I no, mean this surprised. isn't this isn't one of those first time wins where somebody, you know, sneaks in and gets a win and it's like, oh, my gosh, they, they got her win. Will they ever win again? I mean, I think I think it's pretty obvious that Bowman's going to win some more races. I wouldn't be surprised to see him click off a couple more this season and be a be a contender for the championship. I don't expect him to be in the in the final four, but yeah, I expect him to, to make a run and, and maybe advance a couple rounds in the playoffs. Yep. Um, he's he's a great driver. Like you said, he's he's got the history. He's been there. He's he's worked up to it. There was no fluke in this win. He was a, yeah. a top car all day, a top 10 car at least all day and was able to pass who uh, one that we've we've said on this show. And a lot of people have said across you know the country that is arguably one of the better drivers on the track and battled past him yeah. back past him to win the race. So, yeah. And, and, you know, I've I, I took a couple of shots at Bowman early on. And I'll eat a little bit of crow on that. I, I you know, would say, though, I, is there a better evaluator of talent than Dale Jr.? I mean, he he puts good drivers in really good stuff. I know. I was thinking about that. You know, we, there's so much. Kyle's we, been really good at it, too. Well, that's but. the thing. We talk so much about Kyle being able to do it in the in the truck series. But but Jr. has definitely been able to cultivate some talent. I mean, even if you look at look at the other drivers, I mean, Justin Allgaier is a great driver. You've seen yep. guys get second chances there. Heck, Elliot Sadler, you know, who everybody else had kicked to the curb, they give an, have an opportunity there. Obviously, Elliot Sadler brought one main financial with him, too, and that helped quite a bit. Um, but, I mean, that, Mike, Michael Annette, look at how long they've been willing to invest in Michael Annette. And yeah, he's a winner now. Yeah. Eric Almarola is a forgotten JR Motorsports reclamation project. Yeah. Eric Almarola had to go back. To, J, to JR Motorsports, and now he's you know he's a, con, a considerable top fifteen guy every week. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 interesting. Um, speaking of Alex Bowman, and uh, well, in in the same vein, I guess uh, Hendrick Motorsports, great weekend for them. Uh, Chevrolet had a great weekend at Chicagoland. It was really interesting at you know the early points of the race because we were talking about guys up front that we don't talk about up front. Jimmy Johnson led the first or led 10 laps in the first chunk of the race. Jimmy Johnson led for, um, for more than three and a half hours. I mean, <laughs> right. it was on right. pit road during a rain delay, but he still was a leader. Oh, well, we're used to that. It's just been, a, it's just been a while, <laughs> but Jimmy was, Jimmy was top 
five, top 10 all day, top five a lot of the day, came home with a fourth place finish. And since he did so well and was so happy after the race, I got a chance to ask him about that. Jimmy, how do you take a performance like today and build on that for the rest of the season? Uh, take a deep breath, enjoy it, um, celebrate it some, and then you know Monday we get back to work and, and try to get better. So it gives us a nice direction, helps us build confidence in the areas that we've been working, and um, you know, hopefully we can continue to build on this. So, I mean, I, I would be, I think, you know, last year it was easy to say you'd be surprised Jimmy's not going to win. And then, of course, Jimmy was struggling. And then we kind of, you know, is he going to win? I would be pretty surprised if we get to the playoffs and certainly through the end of the season without Jimmy Johnson in victory lane again. Yeah, that comment went, this, I love that you got that on audio because reading it on paper is one thing, but hearing how he delivered that response to you, mm-hmm. he you could sense the hunger that yeah. is he's like, yeah, this is great, but this isn't what this is. I'm not this. I'm Jimmy freaking Johnson, dude. Right. I'm going to go out there and get a win. I, you could just feel like you could feel that burning fire. Like he, he can sense it now. He's yeah. getting close. It was, it was very different talking to him at Michigan, you know, before practices and everything when he was still struggling. On the job. Yeah. On the job and talking really. to him after the race, you can see the different, the difference. And that's the Jimmy. Fire, needs, yeah. Jimmy needs the confidence. That team needs the confidence. And that second place finish is going to give him a lot of confidence. The fact that Bowman won is going to give him confidence. The fact that Chase Elliott's won this season, the fact that all four Hendrick cars ran really well in this race, you know, we're going to Kentucky in two weeks, which is a very different track because it's a new pave, but with this arrow package is probably going to be a lot more similar than it's been. Mm-hmm. And if, you know, SMI decides to put some traction compound or something down in the corners, which God hope they do. Um, could widen the groove out there. And you're looking at another, you know, chance that that those Hendrick cars run well. So, yeah, they got to keep an eye on them. I was thinking about this, too. Now you've got two Hendrick Motorsports drivers with wins. They're all t- t- uh, 12th in points or above. And Stuart Haas is nowhere to be found other than Kevin Harvick. It's ridiculous. Which is shocking coming off of what we've seen the last couple seasons. Well, and, you know, let's we'll get into the winners and losers right now. I mean, I think Harvick's going to probably rank right there at the top of the list of the losers on the day. I mean, Harvick was there. He was he was the yeah, guy. Yeah, a lot. You know, Har- a lot. Harvick was going to be the Joey Logano where everybody is. This, this package is great. This race is great. But Harvick's going to run out front and stink it up. And he did for 132 laps and then yep. pushed a little too hard and got in the wall, t- took the blame for it before he hit turn three. It happened in turns one and two. And hit the wall and just never recovered. 14th place finish for Kevin Harvick. Yep, that's a bummer for him. Got the stage win, which is fine. He's got enough points. He's yep. he doesn't have to worry about he doesn't have to worry about making it on points. But yeah, I mean he, he left he left the weekend it. with 37 points, whereas um, Alex Bowman only took on 49 comparatively. So yeah, Harvick still had a good points day, but I'm sure yeah, he wasn't happy more than, with it. Right, scored more points than third place Logano 34. So that's yep. just kind of giving you a little bit of reference on how well he did early in the race. But yeah, he's he's got to be frustrated, man. It's, it's a weird year for Kevin. I don't, I don't know. He, he's been very quiet yeah. and not, not so much, you know, he hasn't had the outbursts and I'm kind of waiting for that to happen. Uh, he, he was, he was pretty well, entertaining after Michigan. <laughs> he, well, yeah. Speaking of waiting. outbursts, I want to tell you my two favorite part, points in the day this weekend, and I cannot repeat them on the podcast. Um, you just imagine a bleep and that's it were the Bush brothers on the radio because they were oh, funny. Kurt, yeah, Kurt had a meltdown. <laughs> yeah. I, saw, I saw that, yeah. Yep, yep. Oh, Kurt man. melted down at one point, and Kyle, as soon as he hit the wall, was melting down, and they, they did play that audio on the TV. 
<laughs> it was it was good stuff. Radioactive this week should be good. I, w- I will hope that they have both of those guys because they were fun to listen to. Every every time something bad happened to Kyle, I just flipped over to his radio to hear what he was going to have to say. Most of the time he was quiet, but. Kurt, Kurt's really good for a, a really nice outburst. One every 15 races or so. He really yeah. lets it out. And that was, yeah, that was. <laughs> oh, yeah. He, he was asking. He was asking about the setup. Or what the what adjustments they made, and they told him what adjustments they made, and it was basically exactly backwards from what he wanted. Yeah, and, and the tires too. Didn't he have a tire? Oh yeah. Austin about the tires. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, Kurt. Well, when when uh, when they told him what it, what the setup was, and he says, "So you did this, and then it, the car was doing this, so then you did this, which makes it worse." And the, the crew chief comes back and goes, "He says, am I am I saying that right?" And crew chief comes back and says, "Yep," and he goes. Fan effing fantastic. <laughs> answer. It's like, oh boy, gotta love it. <laughs> uh, Kurt needs to stick around a little longer. Don't, don't retire yet, man. No, man, I, I I love Kurt. And you know, the funniest thing is he's the happiest guy and friendliest guy off the track now. I mean, he was super chatty on on before qualifying, and he's great to interview after or beforehand. I don't know after afterwards, depending on where he ends up, but that's my pockets. How he is uh, afterwards. Yeah. Well, I, I see. I mean, years ago, though, that was, when, that was when Bob Pockers asked Kyle Bush a question, it's like Bob might as well just take a chalkboard and just run his fingernails down it. Cause <laughs> I'm just, Kyle just tenses right up and he's ready. Somebody, the first question Kyle got in the press conference on, on Saturday was asking about Eric Jones and has he, has he talked to Eric Jones about his contract situation or given him any advice? And Kyle's answer was, so I'm being asked to give Eric Jones advice through the media. (laughs) Like, no, that's not what he's asking you. But anyway, (laughs) Uh, I'd be scared to ask Kyle questions. I've pretty much, you know, I'm not, I'm not too scared of asking people. I've avoided Kyle for the most part. If I had a good question (laughs) to ask Kyle, I would ask him, but I haven't really had anything good to ask him. I did ask him a question at, Chicago last year, I think after he won, but yeah, save that for, uh, save that for somebody else to take the beating. Yeah. Yeah. For the most part, he's been pretty good, but you just, you never know with Kyle. Yeah. He turns you into a, he turns you into a court jester in the press room. Yeah. It's... Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. And everybody enjoys it. Cause it's not them. Exactly. Um, Until... you, uh, you referenced, uh, Joey Logano. Um, that's he's one that I want to mention as a winner on the day for sure. Joey Logano comes home with a third place finish and this finish that Joey Logano had in this race. This is a championship performance right here. He qualified 19th on the day. He didn't run really well throughout the race, was able to work his way up to the up toward the front in the end. He battled with Kyle Larson who ended up almost winning the race. And then he said he got tight and couldn't, couldn't hang on anymore. But I mean, this is, that's a performance you don't see get turned around like that. That's, those are those types of performances that win you championships right there. Well, that's, that's the why, that's the reason why he is our defending champion. Exactly. You know, he's, he's unlocked that next level of, of driving that, that you need to become a champion. He's in that, he's in that class. I mean, Joey didn't earn any stage points on the day. That's where he he was was running. Nowhere nowhere to be found in the stages, but he ended up with the top five finish. Yeah. And I mean, his teammate, not much better, Brad Keselowski, uh, got two points in stage one and that's it. But he was able to, to get a top yeah, five Blaney, finish on the day. Yeah. Blaney was six. So the Penske, the yep. Penske contingent was, and Blaney was not good either. It was like, Blaney they figured had something tire out the, issues because yeah, he did. He yeah. was going to be a guy. He, he was a lot of people's pick to win that race. Um, he was going to run better than that, but yeah, he had tire issues. 
Um, we mentioned that, you know, we had, we got the rain after 10 laps and guys, it was a torrential <laughs> downpour. It was frightening. A monsoon. And, uh, so when the track dried, they had washed most of the rubber off and toward the end of the first stage, we saw tire issues with a lot of guys. Uh, Kyle Bush had trouble. Uh, Ryan Blaney had trouble. I'm trying to think who else. There were a bunch of them that had trouble. Um, Clint Boyer, uh, yeah, pretty much Boyer ended up 37th yep. about the only thing Boyer could have done is hit the pace car. I mean, he just had a hellacious day yep. at Chicago, which is the second year in a row, by the way, because this was the race last year that he sped and then sped fulfilling the penalty and then didn't stop in his box when it was supposed to be a stop and go and drove through and then had to serve the penalty again. So Chicago hasn't been kind to Clint Boyer. Yeah, um, that was yeah. He was, he was junk for, yeah, that was <laughs> too bad for Clint. Um, Such William, a happy guy. William you know? Byron had a good run going. Uh, he led nine laps. He was running really well up front and finished eighth. So still a good run for him. Um, Austin Dillon got the pole and then, uh, then comes home with a, with a 10th place finish. Um, Chase Elliott was, you know, one of the poor finishing Hendrick cars with an 11th place finish. Yeah. Um, How about uh, shout out to Michael McDowell. He finished third in stage one. Yeah. And, and a top 20. That's not a bad day for the 34 car. Yeah, definitely. Um, Ty Dillon had uh, mechanical issues. His car looked decent, but then struggled. He ends up 35th. Uh, we mentioned Clint Boyer, 37th. Uh, let's see. Anybody else really worth picking out here? Um, that's, about, that's about it. Bubba Wallace thought- had issues as well. Kyle Bush. I mean, honestly, Kyle had a terrible, terrible day. And still ends up, where'd he end up? Where is he? He ended up 22nd. 22nd. Yeah, but no, just a no good, very bad day. God awful day for Kyle. I mean, in the end of the race, he's breathing tire smoke because they had a had rubber, yeah. rubber fire in the yeah. car. I mean, just awful for Kyle. His, so. second, his second race of the season, not in the top 10. Yeah. That's that's how bad of a day he had. Yeah, pretty rough. <laughs> he's, he's always in the top 10. Yeah. So um, anybody else, James? Am I missing anybody? Oh, I think we covered it. Cover the field there. That's good. Okay. Uh, one thing that you didn't have in the show notes, but I added because you wanted to mention it. I did. I texted you about it. Good yes. call. Good catch. Yep. Uh, Cole Custer gets the win in the Xfinity Series. That's his fourth win of the season, I believe, in the Xfinity Series. Yeah, this fourth year. win. Yep. Um, you basically texted me and said Cole Custer is going to be in the Cup Series next season. Yeah. So like, who's scared? Um, <laughs> and I would, I would have to say that. Um, it's if, Suarez, right? I, I think it's Suarez. I kind of feel like if you're wearing uh, – I kind of feel like there's a good chance that Cole Custer might, despite the fact that he doesn't – he's too young to be a fan, he might be an A.J. Foyt fan. Yeah, I think Clint <laughs> Boyer's getting the boot, hey? I don't know. I don't know. Clint's got to be on the hot seat, man. He's well, He's been struggling. He's frustrated. Doesn't he seem like a guy who's frustrated and trying to keep his job? Yeah. Clint's, oh yeah, and he's he's older. He's more expensive. Yeah, he's, he's definitely pull, he's definitely pulling a uh, a bigger salary from Stuart Haas Racing than Eric Almirola. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I, one of those two guys is getting the boot because their contracts are up. And Cole Custer has been really good, man. Now he's I, been really good. I will throw another wrinkle in here, and I don't remember who said it on Twitter, but it was a reputable source, and there is a rumor. Hasn't been talked about much, much, but again, it was mentioned on Twitter that NASCAR is discussing going, allowing five teams. That would be cool. Now, if that happens, who knows? Because most of these teams are still looking for sponsorship anyway. 
but you've got three teams right now with four cars on them. Well, that, that would fix the Joe Gibbs problem. It would fix the Joe Gibbs problem, a, and it would fix a big problem. It would fix Stuart Haas's problem. Um, so yeah, and heck, it might even fix Hendrick's problem if they wanted to steal someone like Kyle Larson away. Yeah. So, or, or, although yeah, or, Larson was or, getting questioned this weekend about Chip Ganassi and about his contract and Larson's got another year on his contract. So yeah, he's and not he going want, anywhere next year. He wants to run Indy. I, yep. I just don't see him leaving Chip just yet. No, I don't think so. Yeah, this I is think, uh, I think he's going to stay with Chip until Chip gives him the boot. And I don't think Chip's going to give him, give him the boot. No, Chip has no reason to give him the boot. No, not in not in least. Yeah. So, yeah. And Larson just wants to he wants to drive for a few more years to, into his 40s or in, into his late 30s. And then he'll he'll go race sprint cars. Yep. So he might he might just be happy doing what he's doing. Yeah. He'll try to get one championship at some point And that might be it. Well, he won the uh, the midget race in Chicagoland. Yeah, he did. Street, so he raced three different cars last weekend. It's crazy. Yeah, he was in the sprint car, too. Jeez. Yeah. Yep. A couple of the guys uh, bailed on the race at uh, Route 66 Speedway because um, because of the heat from the Xfinity race. I think uh, uh, Tyler Reddick, I think, was one of them. And I think there was another one that was supposed to race and they didn't. I think Christopher Bell. I think Christopher Bell was on the Could list. Right. Yeah. To, yep. And uh, but. Larson did it and won. <laughs> so, yeah, and finished second in the cup race. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was fine. Um, so let's, James, you got it here on the notes to talk a little bit about everything this weekend. Uh, one thing, first of all, let me say this. And at the risk of of uh, insulting our friends at Michigan International Speedway, don't get me wrong, Michigan Inter- International Speedway, fan amenities are excellent. The people there are great. The track is great. Don't not go to Michigan. But... I have a new favorite track on the schedule and it is Chicagoland because not only is the racing great, the track is great from a fan's perspective. This place is awesome. I, I know I mentioned it last year. The backstretch is first of all, it's curved. It's not straight. You can't tell from the stands. It looks straight, but it allows you to see it better. And then the infield or the backstretch is actually above the infield. So you can see everything from just about any seat in that place. Um, it's designed perfectly. It's a mile and a half track. When you look at it, it looks like it's a mile. It does not look like a mile and a half track. Um, we've seen the racing that it puts on. The asphalt's perfect right now. Hopefully they don't pave it anytime soon, although there's talks. Um, I just, I can't, I can't find anything bad to say about Chicagoland. Not only that, but this weekend, Thursday night, they had the Arca Series. They had the Truck Series Friday. They had the Xfinity Series Saturday. They had the Cup Series Sunday. Across the street, they had the All-Star Circuit of Champions Sprint Cars Tony Stewart Series at the dirt track. They also ran uh, the USAC midgets at the dirt track and whatever else they put on over there. It's just excellent. And yeah, that was like a world series of racing. Yeah. Not only on. that, they had pit bike championships. They had Ryan Villapoto there. Jeremy McGrath was there. All these guys were there. Jimmy Johnson went out there to watch. Um, Greg Ives, the crew chief, the winning crew chief for the race, won a pit bike race the, on Saturday night. Um, it just, they had so much stuff going on. And it's, I tell you guys, go to this place. It's got I lights. Know, <laughs> I know Jeremy McGrath is out there. Yeah. I, <laughs> that piques my interest as yeah. a uh, kid of the nineties. I mean, it was, it, it's just, I'm telling you, if you, if, and, and the, the crazy thing is, okay. So everybody keeps saying, man, if we just had better races, if we just had better races, guys, we could get people in the stands. We get people watch on TV before the rain came Sunday, the stands were half full. Half yeah. full. I could guarantee you they were half full and no more. When, after the rains, they were half of that. We lost half the people because of the weather. Um, so I'm sorry I don't buy that, for one. 
because there's the only thing that Chicago didn't have going for it this weekend was the same problem as last year. The race started, it was 92 degrees and it was humid as crap, <laughs> but it was 72 degrees and freezing because the wind was right at your face for the race once it restarted. So anyway, I, I highly encourage people. If you get a chance to go to Chicago land speedway, that place is great. Give it some support. I hate to see, I mean, I don't think they're in danger of losing a race, but I'd hate to see them lose their, their only race because people aren't going to it because the place is freaking awesome. It is everything you guys are asking for in a racetrack. It's a big track. They go fast, but it's small enough to where it's comfortable, comfortable to watch. You don't have to walk a long ways and it's great racing. So go to Chicago land, check it out. There you go. There you go. Um, don't really have much to say about the races. All the races were good this weekend. Even the Arca race was pretty good. Uh, Ty Majeski ran away with the race. So the, the front wasn't very exciting, but the battle for second place was excellent all Thursday night. Um, we did start the race about an hour and a half late because of lightning. We also had a lightning delay during practice on Friday, but it didn't affect the truck series start. We started that on time. Truck race was good as always. Brett Moffitt gets the win and was excited to actually get to celebrate in victory lane this, this week instead of uh, like Iowa, where he celebrated 30 minutes after the race. And uh, um, the Xfinity series, obviously Cole Custer pretty much dominated that one, but still good race yeah. for the Xfinity series as well. So there you go. And there it is. <laughs> Uh, let's talk some news. We're already going long. I figured it was going to be a long podcast. So sorry, no, guys. That's, that's good. Yeah. Um, let's see. James, you brought up, and I, this was a, I actually got to discuss this yesterday. Um, on my way home, I got a text from, uh, from the radio station down in Toledo and got to pop on there again to talk about Chicagoland. And they asked me about the, why did NASCAR decide to start the race? They knew the weather was coming. Um, they knew we weren't going to get many laps and everybody was talking. We were probably going to get 10 laps and it was going to rain. So. Um, I guess I'll, I want to hear your opinion on it, James, first. I already have mine. Um, what do you think? Should NASCAR held off? You think they did the right thing? What, what do you What do you think? Why, why did they start the – they should have held off. Why, would, why did they start the race knowing what was coming? So here's the deal. NASCAR, first of all, has a policy to start on time. That is their goal. If they can start the race on time, they start the race on time. I know there's a lot of people that say, well, NASCAR always says that we want they won't start a race unless they think they can get the whole thing in. That's true once the race is delayed. But if it's not delayed, the goal is to start on time and they start on time. Um, a lot of that's because of the TV network, et cetera. Now, let me give you the argument from being at Chicagoland. On Thursday night, if you'd have looked at the radar 15, 20 minutes before the ARCA race started, you knew we were not racing. It was going to pour. We weren't even going to race that night. We we're going to race the next day. There's a huge storm coming in. We ended up with a lightning delay. Like I said, about an hour because of lightning, but it never rained a drop on Thursday night. The storm completely dissipated and disappeared. We had similar storms come through on Saturday or on Friday. Same thing. They just went away. Um, if NASCAR would have held off to start the race later because they knew the system was coming in and then the system disappeared, they'd have looked really stupid. So they did what they should do. They started the race. Soon as there was a lightning strike within 10 miles of the track, they stopped the race, pulled them on pit road. Everybody, they cleared the grandstands. The grandstands were clear when the wind and rain picked up. Um, yes, people were underneath the stands, but they would have been anyway if they would have held off at the start. Um, I do think that NASCAR needs to rethink their policy of having to have 24 hours notice in advance to move the race up an hour. They moved it up 15 minutes, and that wasn't enough, obviously. Actually, it was enough to probably get us 10 laps. But... Um, I think they did the right thing. I think they, they need to start there and, and try and get it in. You never know. And if, if it doesn't rain, then you look smart. If it does rain, then at least you tried. That's my opinion. As, well, 
as long as safety's not an issue. Like that's right. my biggest concern with. I did that. not and, and see it, a lightning flash. Before. There was the they stopped the race before I saw any lightning. Yeah, and that's and that's a good thing. I'm glad yeah. that. I'm glad that people were able to get to safe places. We've had incidents in the past where fans were injured or right. killed oh, they, because of weather. They immediately put up on the screens and had people ushering people out of the grandstands. It was yeah. as soon as that race stopped, people were, were swarming the exits and rightfully so. So that, good. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's the biggest concern. Like it, so what, if you look a little foolish sometimes, as long as the fans are safe and in right. this case, yeah, they got it in. That's fine. Um, but always err on the side of caution with, with the weather, because these tracks, man, these NASCAR tracks are all in the middle of nowhere and there's not a lot of places for people to go. I don't know what they did in the infield. Um, because I obviously wasn't down there, but I noticed that there wasn't a person in the infield and they have a big fan zone there. And it's not, it's not like Michigan where there's a tunnel right underneath the front stretch to get to the fan zone. You have to go way around. So the people in the fan zone had to go somewhere. And it looked like they were using the Xfinity garages. They had the Xfinity garages closed and there were people in there. So I believe that they ushered even the fan zone people into the Xfinity garages, which were empty at that point, to Good. get them out of. I mean, there it looked like a ghost town. There was nobody. And they wouldn't even yeah. let they wouldn't let teams on the on pit road when the car cover blew off Bubba Wallace's car. They didn't let people out there. NASCAR, yeah. even when they were staging, they were staging vehicles to clean to start working the track. All they would let is people in vehicles. They were not letting people go out and manually pick up debris, anything, as, as long as there was a lightning threat. I think they were they were overly cautious, but I think it was good that they were. Uh, right. I think they learned their lesson at Pocono a few years ago. And, and Yeah, that was the worst-case scenario. Yeah. yeah. Always overly cautious. I'm good with that. Yep. I'm always good with that. Yep. I was happy. I thought they handled it well. And it may, it, I'm sure it didn't translate on TV because it's, it's obviously a lot different no, when you watch on TV. Yeah. But, yeah. but I think it was the right choice. So. Yep. Um, James, take the next one. Yeah, so we got uh, the Dale Jr. download. I just wanted to make a quick shout out to it. Um, Haley Deegan's on, and it's really good. I have and she's super entertaining. I haven't listened to Haley yet. I uh, I listened to the first part of the podcast this morning, but didn't get to Haley's. And it part. was probably it was probably on TV tonight. I think they air it on Tuesdays, if I'm not mistaken, on NBC. So or NBC Sports Network. So uh, anyway, Haley's. I mean. She's she's a good kid, man. Yeah. She's a really good driver. Yep. Uh, so I just thought it was really cool. Dale Jr.'s got a lot of good guests on his podcast, and you know, it's a nice uh, nice bump for Haley Deegan's career to to be able to be on things like the Dale Jr. Download. Let me guys, it's a big deal. Let me give you guys another tip related to Haley Deegan in a way. Um, if you're not familiar with Fans Choice TV, um, do a search for Fans Choice TV. I believe they air all of the the Canon series races live on there. Yeah. You have yep. to deal with the track announcer, which is pretty annoying. I wanted to punch him this weekend, um, but I watched the the Canon race, and there's not only that they have races from Bowman Gray. They've got all kinds of races on there, and from what I can tell, it's all free. I'm sure they probably have some pay per view stuff too. But if you like flat track, they got AMA flat track on there. I, I've known about it from that, uh, but NASCAR has the partnership with them, or NASCAR owns it, I believe. Um, and they've been doing the K&N series races on there. So if yeah. you want to see the K&N series, cool. you don't want to wait for them on NBCSN. You can watch them live on uh, Fans Choice TV. There you go. That's awesome. Yep. Um, James, I'll take the next one or I'll start it at least. I know you yeah, added go for it, it here, but uh, it, yep. this was a big talk this weekend. Steve Phelps uh, says not to expect massive wholesale schedule changes for 2021. I think we kind of already predicted this, didn't we? Yeah, I think they made their big changes in, in for 2020. 
yeah. and they're gonna they're gonna do what NASCAR typically does, and they're gonna sit on it for a little while. The thing is, is even there's even, not much they can do now, really. Even if NASCAR owns the tracks, there's so much more to it than just well, we're just gonna move this date. I mean, there's a lot of people's livelihoods that are affected by these changes and yeah. you're going to get resistance from it. And so you can't just make sweeping changes as much as we'd love to see them do it. I yeah. do hope we get some additions, a couple additions, but, and maybe a couple double headers to make room for those additions or however they want to do it. But I have not had real high expectations for 2021 since they made the big changes next for next year. Yeah. Um, the other thing, you know, I was talking to one of the guys who works in the, in the press box at Michigan when we had the rain delay and they pushed the race till Monday, something that a lot of people don't think about. And I think we've talked about it on the podcast before the reason, the reason that rain delays suck for one, but the, also the reason that you can't, that these, these weeknight races that everybody wants that sound like a great idea that they don't necessarily work. Most of your track employees are volunteer or they work yeah. that weekend and that's it. They take, this is their vacation. They take a vacation go to the track, work the concessions, work security, whatever to do that in the middle of the week is almost impossible. We, we, you know, NFL has midweek games. MLB has midweek games. That's these guys' jobs to yeah. work in those concessions. These are stadiums that are run all the time that these people work at. Yeah. It's different infrastructure. Yeah. You don't have that. If you, every hot dog you buy at Michigan international speedway is sold by somebody who doesn't sell hot dogs for a living, <laughs> you know, right. They're there that weekend to work at that race. When, when Monday rolled around and we ran the race on Monday, a lot of those people weren't there. There wasn't much security because there wasn't anybody to do that job. Everybody had to go back to work. And so trying to do a weeknight race isn't as easy as it seems either. Again, it's really easy to do at, you know, Ford field because those people work at Ford field and that's what they do. Yeah. And so it would take a special track to pull it off. Yeah, yep. Yep. exactly. So, I mean, and we uh, just don't know that. We don't know what that looks like. Eldora so. does it for the truck series. Of course, they're on Thursday night this year instead of Wednesday night. But even that, if you go to Eldora, Eldora is a local track. It's yeah. not one of these big NASCAR tracks. They've got one concession stand. Well, two concession stands, I guess. You know, they've got minimal yeah, security. And yeah, and trailers and whatnot. People bring those things in. Right. But yeah. It's, yep. it's not the staff that you see at a, at a normal NASCAR race. Right. So it's it's tough. It's And in there, Eldora, they I think they've talked before. They've got three full-time employees, period, at the track. That's it. Yep. Roger Slack and a couple other guys. Yep. Tony Stewart probably on the payroll somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or he's doling out the payroll. Right. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, I, I, I'd like to see – I'm curious to see the doubleheaders next year. That's the one thing I, I hope we see maybe more of. You yeah. know, um, I would like to see that. And we're going to see next year too with that big break in the summer, what that's going to do. Yeah. It's going to be a real thing. So um, Stupid. Something that – yeah, I know. Stupid. I don't want to get you going. But I hate it. <laughs> I know. Um. All right, let's. Uh, you take the next one, James, because I did not even look at this article. So yeah, that's cool. No, um, so Forbes released uh, today, I believe, or yesterday, the highest paid drivers for NASCAR in 2019. Um, Eric, without I, you probably looked by now. <laughs> I was gonna say, can you guess who number one is? Um, I'm not surprised. Okay, let me guess who number two is because I know who number okay. one is. Okay. Uh, number two is. Number two is Kyle Busch. Kyle Busch is number two. Number nice. one, Jimmy Johnson, old seven no. time. You know how I knew Kyle Busch was number two? How's that? Because he's got a, he's had a long term contract. I know he's locked into one of those legacy contracts. He is locked, and yeah. So I knew him yeah. or or Denny Hamlin, one of those yep. guys. Were Denny be Hamlin high. is three. Yeah, there yep. you go. You're on a roll. You want to go for number four? Uh, 
You're looking at it. No, I'm not. I swear to God. <laughs> it's got to be probably Brad Keselowski or Joey Logano. Ah, uh, you missed one. Kevin Harvick's in there. Oh yeah, I forgot about Harvick. I would. So I, I was going to mention Harvick earlier, but I went with Kyle. So. Yeah. So we don't have to go through the whole list on what every driver makes, um, but it's interesting. Jimmy Johnson's the only driver in NASCAR who has a salary, salary of over ten million. Tough. Nobody else is over ten million. Dang. So that and Jimmy Johnson. So Jimmy Johnson's earnings um, were just north of seventeen million, seventeen and a half. Hmm. Ten ten years ago, when we were in the middle of the big recession, that is just about half of what Dale Jr. was earning. That's how far down NASCAR uh, earnings have come. So if you're interested in that kind of thing, uh, we got the link in the show notes. You can go and dive in. It's a good article. Man, so, I'm, I'm pretty good at this, aren't I? Yeah, you did good. <laughs> I, I swear to God, I wasn't looking at him. No, it's it, it, you're right. Oh, it's all legacy, guys. It, yeah. Until it, you get to number seven, yeah, and then it really it's is. the young guns of Chase Elliott. But but Chase Elliott, he's under ten million in total earnings. Kyle Larson, um, also nine million. He's he's there, and, and Martin Truex Jr. Um, for all the winning and stuff he's done, he's number nine. He's eight point two million. He's way behind. That doesn't team. surprise me though, because he just changed teams. Yep. All these right. guys changing new teams and signing new contracts are getting much smaller numbers. That's yeah. Actually, I sort of cheated in that I, there was talk. Um, I think Dave Moody's show was talking about it the other day that. You know, a lot of these guys, as soon as when the when everything started to, to go down and whatever, when when the, the contracts started dropping, went and renegotiated the contracts. And he mentioned both Kyle Busch and Denny Hamlin as rushing and renegotiating those contracts so they could get those big numbers before those went yep. away. So and, and the common thing between Kyle Busch, Denny Hamlin and Jimmy Johnson, they all have season long sponsorships on yep. their cars. They're FedEx, M&Ms, Mars and Ally. Yep alley or whatever the heck it's called it's not lowe's anymore yeah yeah and kevin harvick you know he's he's got some some big partners with with anheuser bush too so right but yeah that's it's uh it's interesting to see i was re i was actually reading the 2009 article that featured dale jr as the you know the top earner and it was talking about all the same things we we talk about all the time <laughs> tv ratings are down fan attendance is down i was like man we've been dealing with this for 10 years or, or longer now yeah but we're still here we're still here. Drivers are still making good money. It's okay. Yeah. It's just a little different. But yeah. It's a we're, good, it's NASCAR a good is in no danger of going away anytime soon. No, and it's just I do it. feel like, and in, in the, the, the image that I get from everything and being around it, it, I think it's leveling off now. Yeah. I think we're in good shape. Yeah. I think, you know, we're... one of the, you know, one of the guys on this list, I just thought of this, uh, Clint Boyer, number 10 on the list. Uh, we were just talking about who Cole Custer could replace. I mean, yeah. that's a much cheaper option. Yep. Being the tenth highest, you know, paid driver in NASCAR. Don't you think Rick Hendrick's kind of like, you know, Jimmy. Don't you think <laughs> like you gotta be? I mean, gotta want to spend some time with your kids, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, Jimmy locked in for the. This is he's got a two season deal here. He's yeah. in, so he's got a little ways to go yet. <laughs> so he's he's good. Jimmy's locked in. He's got and another championship in him. He may. He he's might. He's got man. one more in him. He might. I want. I still want. I would love to see him get number eight. I'd love to see it, especially oh, now that he and I are pals. Yeah, you guys are buddies, <laughs> and you know him and I might go running at some point together. Right, there you it, go. It's gonna come full circle for Gotta us. I get back to the track, man. Never gonna happen unless you get back to the track. Well, he's been biking a lot more lately, so um, <laughs> we, that's where we have our disconnect. I don't. I don't. I don't do the biking as much. So speaking of leveling out, getting people back into our sport, Ty Dillon has been very vocal over the last uh, few weeks 
about ideas to bring younger people into the sport and keep people into the sport. Um, I've got a ton of audio from him. I'm hoping to release a special episode later this week with a bunch of the audio that I picked the, picked up this weekend. Um, on the superspeedway.com, there's a link in the show notes to an article that I wrote with a lot of his comments in it from uh, from Saturday in the Media Center. Um, but I wanted to play a little clip here, and now I don't even remember specifically what the clip has to Oh, the clip has to do with his idea on how to make the races a little bit more exciting to get people to tune in a little bit more. So here's what Ty had to say. Yeah, I think this package has done one of two things and you know six one way to half dozen the others restarts are amazing they're they're great to watch and um, when we provide that at an inter race we're having some of the best races that nascar's seen and then on the other hand we're having less cautions people aren't spinning these cars out um so maybe we need to have talks of having a third stage uh implemented or or you know we have three stages maybe a fourth stage would be the correct way um where every weekend we have a um you know, 15 to go, we have an, a caution. And maybe you pay extra points to win the third Austin stage Dillon or something. Um, but look look at um, look at something as far as adding a fourth stage where you know there's going to be a 15-lap shootout or 20-lap shootout. Pay double points to, to the third stage. And then the, you know, the – or however you want to do it, we can look at different things so that you're not feeling like the guy who – had a car that was dominant all day is losing points due to a third stage. Um, maybe boost that third stage's points and minimize the fourth stage's points or just add bonus points for the fourth stage of the final race. But we can, there's something there that we can do. We need another caution at the end of these races. Like you said, it took at least 15 to go to get us every single week we're going to have that crazy action. Would you, would you suggest that? Or, or would you not? I mean, would you go yeah. talk Yeah, to I, I will. Yeah, I, I'll say it right now. Um, so, you know, that Whatever I tell you guys, I'm not afraid to, to say to them, and it's just a matter of me getting time with them and if they actually listen. So, um, uh, and I respect them, and I know everything that they're doing is 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 very tough, and I don't know all the behind the scenes, but um, you know, I, I do want to help. So Ty talked a couple of weeks ago at Pocono, I believe it was, about some of the things he'd like to see about adding a Top Golf to the track and all this stuff to to get the young guys interested in it. Um, the young, the young, young fans, um, he NASCAR worked with him at Sonoma and they put a 360 cam in the car. He has an idea of live streaming, having a live stream camera from each car that the teams can put on their Twitter feed or wherever they want to do through a sponsor. And he, he suggested, um, adding a caution lap during the stages, stage breaks to allow the drivers to interact with that camera, with that feed on social media, and then maybe people can ask him questions, ask them questions, things like that. Um, it's interesting. A lot of people are talking about it. Whether it's something that would work or not, I don't know. But James, what do you think? Caution with 20, 15 laps to go. What do you think? He's got ideas. <laughs> don't. I don't know if I like it. I. I don't know if I hate it. I'm like right on the middle, but. Um, you know, if you go to your local short track every week, I mean, how long is the A main, right? Yeah. It's 20 laps, 15 laps. So here's my idea. I'm going to, I'm going to piggyback on, on uh, Ty and I'm going to give you my idea. Ty, if you're listening, you can take this and run with it. So I like the idea of 10 of 20 to 20 laps to go, 15 laps to go, have a, have a restart, but you know, people are going to scream. The traditionalists are going to scream. We can't do that. Okay. So here's what we do. We run the race as is we get our winner. When, got whoever wins the race at the end is that's your winner of the race. But a lot the, the, the world of outlaws, I don't know if they still do it, but they used to do a dash for cash 
where they take the top six fastest cars and run them for, you know, a 10 lap shootout before the, or a four lap shootout or whatever, before the mains, I say you take then the top 10 cars that are left running, give them a shootout, 15 lap shootout, let them race for a big chunk of cash, maybe some bonus points. There you go. Done. There you go. I like it. I, I like it too. You know, a little bit more exciting excitement at the end. The fans stick around after the race instead of leaving as soon as the burnout starts. They're going to want to watch that shootout. You keep the fans in the seats, keep people tuned in. And there you go. And while they're getting lined up for that, you can have some of the interviews with the back in the pack people on pit road. I think, it, I think it's great. I like, I like, I like Ty's idea. I am afraid of ruining the integrity of the sport. And I think that, that, solves that problem because you still have your winner of the race yeah we're pushing the integrity line further and further with a lot of stuff that we've been doing but he had a point too like no um, he's got good ideas well dustin long talked about the fact that you know that's like taking you know a football team and and saying you know with a two-minute warning both teams are even and now you get to now you got to battle it out for the last two minutes and ty says you can't compare us to stick and ball sports we're not a stick and ball sports there are gimmicks throughout all of auto racing. Go to your local yeah, short track. There's gimmicks. Yeah. He's not wrong. Stop comparing us to the NFL and the NBA and the NHL. That is not what we are. We are auto racing. It is different. What are some of the most popular forms of auto racing? Figure eights and demolition derbies, <laughs> right. right? Exactly. <laughs> it's a, that's a huge So go with Tony Stewart's idea. Gimmick. We run half the race one direction. You run half the race the other direction. And then 10 to go, you split the field and run them both ways you crisscross them yeah yep there we go there we go i need to add that clip to our soundboard we we fixed nascar i love it (sighs) there you go um one more little news item real quick uh ross chastain obviously been in the news last couple weeks now he is working towards an xfinity uh, truck series championship still got to make the top 20 in points to uh only got a few points to go. Yeah, he's, he's like right there now. He's he's, he's, he's close. He's good. Chicago yep. didn't quite do what he needed it to do, but got a chance to talk to him um, at Chicago Land before the race and asked him uh, what his thoughts are or what's he working on for next year. His day Whoops, to- whoop, wrong one. Hold on. Let me play the right one. This is Ross Chastain. I'm just trying to win races, um, just be competitive. I mean, really, there's I haven't had any talks on stuff. I mean, there's people um, I know working on it you know, for me and behind the scenes and stuff, but, um, yeah, it's, there's no, no talks on my end. I just know, I know winning and being competitive, um, going out in the 10 car this weekend with college racing and nutrient ag solutions. Like I know if we outperform in that, it, it will help. Um, but you, you have to perform and you, you have to win to get their attention. So there you go. Nothing in the works yet for Ross Chastain, but if he keeps winning, there's going to be options. Yep. He started winning last year in the Xfinity Series, got himself an opportunity, and got the rug yanked out from under him. So now he's doing it again. Yep. And he's, <laughs> I mean, he's sticking to it, and he's, you know, he's made a name for himself, man. He's he's well known now. I mean, everybody's looking at Ross Chastain. Yeah, definitely. Um, nice, decent length article on uh, Superspeedway.com from that conversation. There's a lot more there, so check that out as well. Again, links in the show notes. With that, we put Chicago Land in the rearview mirror, and we go to Daytona International Speedway this weekend. It's the Coke Zero Sugar 400, the Firecracker 400, the Pepsi 400, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> Daytona International Speedway. One of the interesting things, a lot of drivers got to talk about it this weekend, and a lot of them were asked about it. This is the last July 4th Daytona weekend, for the time being at least, unless the schedule gets changed again down, down the road. Um, amazing how many drivers didn't know that. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> These guys just go where the plane takes them and have no idea where, where they're going next on the schedule. So that's hilarious. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, Daytona this weekend, um, James, you put in show notes. I didn't see this until you had added it that they've changed up the stage length a little bit. Yeah, for... just not so today. Uh, so instead of going uh, 40, 40, what was it, 40, 40, 80? Yeah, I think so. They're going 50, 50, 60 for the, uh, for the, for the race this week. Yeah. Um, so that should be interesting. I like it. They're, they're trying to avoid any fuel mileage crap. Yeah. That's basically the, that's the thing. And I think they're also bringing new tires. They haven't run these tires at Daytona. Um, just a little nugget there that they're also kind of working on. There you go. But yeah, it look a little different on the stages, but I, I like that. I, I don't want to see any fuel game gimmicks at my, res- well, it's not restricted plate racing anymore. Right. Um, my super speedways. I got to put a buck in the jar for that one. Yeah, you do. You do. Um, got to talk to a couple drivers in the media center about Daytona. Um, first one I talked to, obviously it was, uh, one of the, the guys who's done pretty well there in the past, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Is Daytona still a big target on the, on the schedule for you now? Well, yeah, I don't know why it would be, um, you know, for us, I think, uh, you know, there's tracks this year that uh, we've ran better than we have in the past. And so I feel like all the mile and a half are, are tracks that we can, you know, look at it gaining a lot of points as well. Uh, obviously, getting a win would be uh, would be big at, at any racetrack. But uh, I feel like we have a definitely a better shot at Daytona and, and, and Bristol uh, out of the ones that are left. But, um, you know, we've been gaining points on mile and a half as well. So, um, you know, we're looking, you know, this weekend at Chicago, hopefully we can run, you know, similar to what we have at, at Kansas and Charlotte and, and Vegas uh, and even Atlanta. So, um, you know, I think we got uh, we got a lot of uh, good racetracks in front of us. Stenhouse, for the record, finished 12th at Chicagoland. Uh, also got a chance to ask uh, Chris Busher about Daytona. Speaking of Daytona, you had two uh, fifth-place finishes there last season. Um, you're going in there with a different package next weekend than we've had before there. What are your expectations there next weekend? Uh, I'd say pretty similar. Um, you know, the package really uh, at Talladega did not change a whole lot uh, of what is restrictor plate racing. So, um, you know, I, I thought that it your pack racing was the same. Um, you know, some of your runs were, were a little bit different, but uh, – well, Daytona is also a lot tighter than Talladega, so I um, I don't I don't think it's something that's going to throw a big curve into that race for us. I think um, I think it'll be something pretty similar. We have some good notes to go off of, and some good baseline stuff, and some uh, some more strategy to look at and try and figure out how to not let uh, what happened at the 500 happen in this one. But um, you know, we go out there and, and we got got a very good chance to go get another top five finish out of it. Is that a race that you circle on your calendar as one that's the potential to maybe sneak in there and, and get something done? No, um, not for me. Uh, you know, I look at Bristol as that opportunity that, you know, we can go there and pretty consistently get to the top five and, and you know, be able to pull something off there and, and just got to gotta have everything go right at the end and, and you know, be mistake-free at that point. But, um, you know, Daytona and Talladega, they're uh, – I mean, yeah, there, there's that opportunity there, but it's not something that I circle at. I mean, it's it's more or less something that you go into and keep a, a good attitude about it. Hope that you can get through all the, the chaos that um, that happens and, and not get caught up in uh, a mistake of your own or, or a mistake that someone else is doing. And, you know, to me, there's uh, there's so much luck that goes into those races. And, and uh, there's a definite skill to it. And there are, there are drivers that have definitely 
uh, figure out how to how to be way above the rest of the field doing it. But um, but for me, there, there's still just so much luck involved that it's a place that I don't get too excited about. I guess you could say, uh, you know, trying trying to go there and, and be positive about it and, and go have a good time. But um, at the end of the day, you got to have a lot of things happen the right way to be able to come out with a good finish. I think, uh, you know, Chris Buescher touched on it and a lot of drivers have touched on it. I don't think we're going to see a real big different Daytona than what we saw in in uh, February. I think we're going to see something really similar to what we've seen before. Uh, I think it's going to be wild for sure. Yeah, I think so. Uh, with that, James, you get the first pick unless you screwed that I up know. in the notes, too. No, I did not screw that up in the notes. <laughs> I got that right. Um, I, you know, with the first pick on, on these big tracks, you know how I usually like to go with. Um but I think we've got a handful of guys that you can that you can go f- go with. Uh, so I will go Joey Logano. Okay. I think I'm going to take him to win Daytona. Joey Logano is a good one. Oh, I can't believe I didn't pick Brad Keselowski. He's usually my bread and butter on these bad boys. But I'll leave him up there. He's on the board. I'm not picking Brad either. I am going to go. Huh. I'm gonna just throw it out there. I'm going Jimmy Johnson. Woo! Yeah, he did win. Uh, he did win the uh, shootout. Yep, won so. the shootout. He's uh, got some momentum. Uh, mm-hmm. He wants to win again. I, I say Jimmer. The Jimmer gets it done. Mm-hmm. Um, Dark Horse. I'm gonna go purely on average finish, which is a complete crapshoot because he's only run run one run <laughs> one race there. But I'm going to Ryan Priest as my Dark Horse pick. U S O B. Were you gonna take him? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he was really good at Talladega the first time we ran with the new uh, with the new package <laughs> on, the, on the track. So I'm going to go Daniel Hemrick then for my pick. So uh, he also ran very well. Um, and another guy maybe we could always talk about is uh, DiBenedetto. He ran yeah. really good at the Daytona 500. Bubba so Wallace is another good pick. For yep. a dark is Brendan horse. gone? Is Brendan gone running? I don't know. I'm not he's sure. Always a good dark, he's always a good dark horse at the at the big tracks. He seems to figure out how to get top tens there. Yeah. Yeah. If, um, if, there, if Mike Wallace is in the race, he's a good one to pick. Yeah. <laughs> Mike Wallace could go out there and get you a top 20 every week yeah. on, on the on the big tracks. Yeah. He could probably do it in like a street stock on oh, yeah. super speedway tracks if he needed to. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, what else I was going to. There's something else I was going to mention. Oh, uh, speaking of these picks, Alex Bowman, no longer a dark horse. I uh, know he's disqualified. Yeah, I think I think yep. you got to disqualify him. Yeah, he's DQ'd from all dark horsing uh, going forward. I'm with you too. All right, we're on the same page there. Uh, let's hit some shout outs. James, what do you got? It's the King's birthday. 82. Nice. Happy birthday, Richard Petty. There you go. I have got to have a shout out to the King every once in a while. There's only one of them, for God's sakes. <laughs> right, exactly. 82 years, man. Yeah, uh, I wish I could have been around for Richard Petty's heyday. I mean, my memory of Richard Petty is him running around in the back of the pack with the towel hanging out of his mouth. Yep. Um, I, I'd love to have been a part of when he was winning races. It's it's kind of a bummer that I wasn't still very much respect that history. But I wish I wish I had that view of Richard. Like I wish a lot of the younger people had that view of Daryl Waltrip when Daryl Waltrip was DW. in his prime. Yep. You know, so or yeah, and I that's mean, Jeff Gordon, even. I mean, there's a lot of guys that watch Jeff Gordon run around toward the back of the pack, even though he did get a win in his last season. Yep. Yeah, we were, you know, unfortunately, Dale Earnhardt's, you know, career got cut short. We never really got to see him struggle that no. much. He, he had a, he had a little bit of a bump there at the end. And, and we're seeing Jimmy Johnson fight that right now. Right. Um, in a, in a, you know, it's a much different world now than it was back then. But but yeah, man, the 200 wins never going to be broken. Nope. The king, yeah, the king, uh, 
I mean, Ryan McGee had a great Twitter post today. He a couple years ago, he wrote about the 80 things he loves about Richard Petty. Okay. Um, on his 80th birthday. So that's kind of a good read. If you go to Ryan McGee's Twitter, it's nice. uh, it's good. Yeah. Cool. So there you go. Uh, a couple shout outs for me from the Chicago weekend. And of course, wanted to shout out Steve from Baron Speedway. Got a chance to sit down with him, talk to him for about 15 minutes uh, on uh, on Saturday. I think Saturday, Friday. I don't know. One of those days I talked to him. Um, so we'll have that interview. I'm thinking it'll be next week. Uh, I'm probably going to have a, a special episode this week and next week. I've got a lot of audio to sift through. I'm going to try and work on it this uh, tomorrow and or uh, 4th of July and get it up for you guys on Friday, uh, Thursday or Friday if I can. Um, so watch for that. There'll be tons of audio from Chicagoland. Some, a little bit of the stuff you already heard here, but I'm going to try and just pick mostly new stuff. I concentrate a lot on the stuff today of questions that I ask, but there, I've got a lot of audio from questions that people, other people ask. I find it interesting, so I assume you guys will as well. It's stuff that you don't always hear. It's not in all the articles, and so it's worth uh, worth playing for you guys. The other shout-out I have, met up with Brandon Crowd from the Lap Traffic Podcast. I've been listening to his podcast off and on over the past, uh, past couple years. He's kind of in the same boat as I am, doing this as a hobby. Uh, I think he's a little bit farther along than we are. I think he's a little better at marketing himself and the podcast and, and all that. But uh, but very cool to meet up with him. Got to chat with him quite a bit this weekend. Got to watch Clint Boyer make fun of him. Maybe I'll add that to the, the special podcast this week. Um, and anyway, back to Baron Speedway. That will be hopefully next week will be the special podcast next week with him. So um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that one. Yeah, it, it was it was pretty cool. It was really interesting. And and if you're if you follow his Instagram, Baron Speedway, uh, B E H R E N D Speedway on Instagram, he's still adding to the track. He puts some grooves down. He's got uh, scuff marks on the wall from the tires I saw today. Um, pretty cool. So check that out. But again, Brandon, really nice to meet up with him. It was it was fun. Uh, he'll be back at Michigan in August. So he's from Michigan. So hopefully meet up with him down there and chat with him a little bit. Maybe we'll get him on the podcast too. So. I think that's it, James. Oh, Fantasy League. Let's Should we just we skip did. that? I mean, we probably should just <laughs> not do it anymore. Um, so, okay, yeah. I'm going to let you in on my strategy because it isn't working. So here's, <laughs> here's my strategy for the last three weeks, what I've done. I have gone on uh, racingreference.info, and they have a fantasy tool that you can click on, and I have gone with that and selected the track that they're running at. And I have literally picked the top six guys or five guys, or however many we have to pick on their list every week. And the first week at Michigan, I killed it. It worked great. But since then it sucked. <laughs> so I'm not doing that anymore, but, <laughs> but that's how I, that's, that's my system, my top secret system that doesn't work. So don't do that. Well, guys. It was exciting while you had the chance. <laughs> yeah. I got one week. It's like, Oh man, this is great. I should do this every week. Yeah. It didn't work. It so. did work. Um, do you have yeah, it in front of you? Because I already cleared it off. Yep, here. I'll do it really quick. Freight okay. train one, uh, Ranger Runyon, Justin seven one three, Scoters, and then me and you, man. Yeah. Fifth and sixth, right, right at the bottom. Hurricane Dicka was last. Stupid, stupid. Uh, and then yeah, uh, we. Whose dumb idea was this fantasy league crap? It's. Uh, I think I this think year was. Wasn't it Todd's fault this year that we did it? Yeah, Todd was pushing on it this year. Yeah, last yeah. year I said we weren't doing it again, and then Todd was pushing on it. And James listened to my complaining and decided to do it through NASCAR. And I don't know, I still like the NASCAR one better, I think, but I still suck at it. It's – we suck. <sighs> yeah. I mean, every you week we You at least on... are good usually on fantasy, but I'm always terrible. Yeah, I'm having a bad year. I don't know what's why, going on. Why I quit fantasy football because I was even worse. I, I... At least I know about NASCAR. Yeah, I don't – I mean, I don't know. 
it's every week we come on here and we're disgusted with ourselves and it's just frustrating. Yeah, I mean, why why are we depressing ourselves every week by sucking? I know why we do it. It's the same way I feel about social media. I don't know why I even do it because it just makes me angry. It's like golf, you know? What the hell? Well, I tell you what, I have two social media accounts. I have my NASCAR one and then I have my one that I have like my news and hockey stuff and everything on it. And I discovered this weekend because I didn't touch the other one. I just was on the NASCAR one all weekend that I like my NASCAR feed a whole lot better because <laughs> yeah. I wasn't frustrated. I mean, I did get, like I said, a couple of Twitter arguments with people over the over the package. But uh, otherwise, it was uh, it was pretty ge- pretty good. Well, might stick out on that one a little bit more than the than the normal one. I've been trying uh, social media blackouts yeah. um, every so often because I just get. I don't know why. I don't know why I need to get so angry. And fantasy racing is right there, man. It's starting to trickle in, make me mad. Well, great. Since you're doing a social media blackout, James, where can people find you on Twitter to not w- see your up. posts? <laughs> I, I am at James Cush on Twitter. <laughs> I, I, I am there still. You can find me at T Super Speedway. I'm hoping to be around a TV somewhere where I can tweet during the during the 600 this week or the 400 this weekend, whatever, whatever races of this weekend. Whew. Um, obviously I will be back at Kentucky Speedway the following weekend. So I will be tweeting like crazy during the truck race, Xfinity race and cup race. Truck race might be a little less because it's possible my family might come to the race. So I might go down and visit them a little bit, which will take me off Twitter some. Um, but otherwise I'll be tweeting like crazy from there. You can find the podcast on facebook.com slash the super speedway. Our website address is thesuperspeedway.com. Guys, give it some love, share, share some articles out, check it out there. I put a bunch of effort into writing some articles this weekend. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's good to see people are reading them. So click on those, read them, share them around to your friends. Um, I think there's some good stuff in there. You can find the podcast on there as well. Our show notes are on there. You can click on the links to all the articles we discussed on the podcast today and all the others. Uh, you can find the podcast on iTunes, Google play and SoundCloud, wherever you found us today. We hope that you subscribe and continue to listen. If you like the show and you want to become a part of it, you want to help us out, visit patreon.com slash the super speedway and become a patron all right james uh about an hour and a half anything we missed <laughs> if we can get it all in an hour and a half we're never gonna be able to to get it all in so it was a it was a fun weekend at chicagoland speedway uh thanks for everybody who followed along those of you who followed along on twitter it's a lot of fun i uh, love the interaction feel free to tweet me ask me questions anything hey you know what we've got a lot of opportunities to talk to the drivers of the track now i'll be at kentucky if you got stuff you want to know Send me some questions on Twitter. I'll try and hit those drivers up and ask them the questions. We'll have it on the podcast. So um, always looking for, for some help on that. It's really easy to come up with questions until they're standing in front of you, and then you can't think anything, and then you look stupid. So I try not to do that. That's my goal is to not look stupid. So with that, Daytona International Speedway this weekend, the Coke Zero Sugar 400. We go back to, to Kentucky the week after that. We'll be back next week. To talk about Daytona, again, hopefully later this week, there'll be a podcast with a bunch of audio from Chicagoland, a little bit more of an in-depth update from Chicagoland. And then, like I said, next week we'll talk about Daytona. We'll preview Kentucky. Until then, everybody, let's go racing. (laughs) 